This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. Let's go to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. We're talking with the great Terry Francona. I know everybody poo-poos baseball fights. They're like, hey, you go out there and everybody's just talking yeah. and shoving. But when you get out there, man, those guys are big. They they get after yeah. it. And when they get after it, man, look out. It makes you a little nervous. Robin Ventura still won't talk about Nolan Ryan to, to this day. <laughs> he wants nothing with that conversation. Listen to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Welcome back to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Glad you're with me. Sorry I missed you on Monday. Stuff happens, you take care of it, you regroup, dust yourself off, and get back after it. The college basketball tournament is down to the field of 16. I am so excited about our guest today to discuss March Madness with you. But I want to let all of you pigskin heads know. And, you know, you come, you come to me because... I worship at the altar of the shield. We have a call to arms for Chargers running back Austin Eckler. The man just wants to be paid what he is worth. In the upcoming shows, I am going to be exploring in depth something I started beating the drums for five years ago. These guys take more of a beating than any player in their craft, more than any athlete in sports. They are oppressed athletes. They should have their own union within the union. It's my job to speak for the Austin Hecklers of the world. I don't know why, but I will. And I also have been redeemed on something I said a few years ago I want to talk about briefly, and that is being an expert on North American geography. Some people think, what do you mean, North American geography? Wait, can you, you can tell me which state is to the west of you? No. Can you name the provinces of Canada? Can you name all the islands, all the territories, all the states that touch the Grand Canyon? I found redemption on Good Morning Football today. And I'll share that with you at well. I've known this guy since we were since we were pups at Ball State University, the Harvard of Delaware County, Indiana. His name is Ray McCallum. <laughs> when I left Ball State, he was the school's best basketball player ever. And then years later, he coached the guy who then earned that title. That's a great angle. There's tons of fun stuff to talk about with Ray McCallum, the Muncie Central Bearcat. He was the head coach of Houston at the beginning of the millennium. Calvin Sampson's Cougars are the number one seed. They survived a tough one Saturday and then put the foot, uh, foot on the gas in the second half and cruised. He's coach at Tulane these days, assisting. He can't keep his hands off the chalkboard, off the ball. Ray, am I doing okay so far? Have I presented a solid case that you have much more energy than I do at this age? Dan, Dan, you're, you're right on point. And, and now I'm coaching at Tulane. We're the Harvard of the South. <laughs> you know, you are. And I didn't know that. 
you know, when, when I did a little digging the other day, I said, all right, raise it, raise it Tulane. Now, I don't know anything about Tulane. I know Matt Forte of the Bears played there, Darnell Mooney, current wide receiver. I just know it's in New Orleans and the food's great in New Orleans. This school has, has made an enormous impact many years ago, but was one of the biggest medical colleges in America and proved to be very valuable when cholera and yellow fever were rampant built in 1834 and had some tough times surviving the Civil War. Uh, Agricultural depression afterward. It's got a great history, man. It's an important university, isn't it? It really really is, Dan. They they have impacted the, the nation. And uh, with pride, it's a great, great school to to uh, coach at, and uh, to bring kids in for a great education. I mean, we're known, Tulane is known, as you said, as as for academia, and uh, and what we're trying to do is use our great academics and uh, to build a great football program. And what what Ron Hunter is doing here with us is is building a great basketball program. So you 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 have both. There are very few big favorites going into the Sweet 16 Thursday night. The biggest number on the board is Creighton, and they're in single digits. Houston is laying six and a half against Miami. Everyone is expecting Houston to win this thing. You coached there for four years. I want to talk about what led you to there, but what what weakness do you see in Samson's Cougars that may be their undoing, if any? Well, I, I tell you, what, what you saw in that great comeback uh... – uh, on the other night was uh, they have more than one guy. They have a team. You know, you hear Coach Sampson talk about his culture, uh, the best defensive rebounding team in the, in the, in the country. Well, well, they've kind of struggled of late. Uh, I think you win championships and tournaments with guard play. They're led by, by Shed, an outstanding point guard. Uh, we, we know about Sasser. Uh, player of the year in, in our league, the American Conference. Uh, but you saw Marks emerge and just came out of nowhere. A lot of people probably didn't even know about him. Produced 26 points and, uh, and and really got it done for them. They have guards. They have the toughness on the inside. And I, and I think also where Coach Sampson has kind of elevated it, this program, uh, the final four is, is in Houston. So I think that gives them an extra incentive and uh, and a lot of support. I, I mean, I think when you start the basketball season, everybody has goals, and it's clearly their goal was to to get back home for the Final Four after being so close last year. You know, w- one thing that makes – there's many things that make the tournament so special, and that is getting the casual fans involved. And they, they don't need to know every player or who the six-man – but it's about alma mater. It's about – fun trash talking Purdue and IU bars were fun last weekend. And, and then they all went home unhappy when all was said and done. We don't have a lot of, you know, a lot of Midwest flavor. Michigan state is still going, I guess uh, that leaves us rooting for the underdog. Somebody like, you know, a, a Princeton, but I just, I don't know if anybody that far back in the field can cut down nets. Do you think I'm wrong? No, I, I, I tell you what, it's just, it's a different time in college basketball with the transfer portal with, uh, I mean, you, you look at Tulane football, Tulane football, we beat USC in the cotton bowl. I I mean, that's, that just blows people's mind. (laughs) I I mean, you you know, I mean, it's just, it's just a different time. 
anything is possible today. Uh, we, we, we built a basketball program during the pandemic. I mean, the best year in 30 years, 20 wins and third place finish behind Houston and Memphis. People never thought that would happen here at Tulane. So mm-hmm. anything's possible today. A lot of pools got destroyed with Purdue. I mean, a lot of people had Purdue winning the national title. The, the, the player of the year, the tallest guy in college basketball, and, and they go down like Samson and Goliath. Well, it's March. Purdue has to get ready for something else, right? They have engineering <laughs> finals. I mean, Joe Barry Carroll in 1980 is the last guy to get Purdue to the Final Four. That's a long time ago. And it was a long time ago now when the Mid-American Conference was was just an infant compared to what it became. I walked through the new foot. They're not that new now, but the new football building last week and uh, my son was considering Ball State, and I sat in Worthen Arena uh, a few years back, and I'm like, man, this is a long way from University Gym. I don't think the the kids you're recruiting and coaching, whether they're at Tulane or or at Ball State a few years back, appreciate how how grassroots it was in our lifetimes. No, not not at all. It's, it's incredible, and we can talk about our alma mater. Uh, with pride, the way that campus has, has grown, the facilities there, um, and and too, when we were there, we were new to to, to Division One. I. I remember they didn't want Ball State to enter the Mid American Conference. They didn't think we were up to par, and uh, to, to 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 see the growth and the championships that have been won, and and all the uh, academic programs, just really proud. And being a Muncie native, uh, that's the extra uh, pride. You know, we're, we're, and it's been many years since I discussed this with you. Were Big Ten schools not coming to your door because you were vertically challenged? Shall we, shall we say? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would say so. Um, yeah, I, I would say, you, you know what? I look around, I'm following Indiana. They, uh, Indiana had just signed uh, Isaiah Thomas. Okay, so, you know, I wasn't going to get playing time there. <laughs> <laughs> he was and, pretty good. <laughs> and Purdue, I mean, as you said, they were they were just on their way to to the Final Four with Joe Barry Carroll and Keith Edmondson. I mean, they had, you know, they had things in, in, in place. I mean, I came out in 79 off of a, a back-to-back state championships in Indiana, which is, was special. But, um, you know, things happen for a reason, and I would say it, it, it worked out. I got an opportunity to impact my hometown university, uh, be a part of the first NCAA tournament. And, you know, like a, a lot of young players today that play division one, they want to have a chance to go to the next level and, and get drafted and go to the NBA. And I was able to, uh, to get drafted by the Indiana Pacers and pursue a dream. You know, I, I have an odd kindredship, if you will, to Muncie central freshman year, I, I lived across the street um, behind the Dairy Queen on Walnut, Concannon's Bakery. And if we had a few dollars extra, Concannon's Bakery had great, great products. But that's hard scrabble. I mean, that's that's not that's not luxury. And and we did without, and people in our neighborhood did without. Uh, anytime I see a Muncie, Muncie Cent, when Ryan Kerrigan came out of Purdue and did great things in the NFL, man, I wanted to put an old Bearcat sweatshirt on. There you you still feel that pride? Oh, a- absolutely. I mean, the, the pride of, of Muncie, Indiana, 
uh, a, really a blue collar community, uh, one of pride. I, I mean, I mean, Dan, you you followed it on our March to the State uh, tournament. I played in front of six thousand at the Fieldhouse. That was right across the street from you as well, mm-hmm. the Muncie <laughs> Muncie Fieldhouse. Playing in front of six thousand. You hear about Texas and Texas football, and I, I had an opportunity to work down there, but. But basketball, when you're, you're playing in front of five and 6,000 every night at the Muncie Fieldhouse or you're going to Newcastle, playing in front of 10,000 or Marion 9,000 or the Anderson Wing Womp, you're taking me back, Dan. I mean, you know, 8,000 people. I mean, it was it was a religion then. Yeah. And, and, and Hoosiers comes out right around that time. Um, did you play in Hoosiers? I think it was shot in Newcastle, you mentioned. Did you see the spoof Terrence Howard did 10 years ago on, on Hoosiers where the roles were flipped uh, in a movie called Movie 43? Did you see this? Where, I did not see where he, He's the head coach, and there's a locker room full of black dudes who are afraid to go out and play the white guys in 19. 19- <laughs> and he gives him a pep talk that is not for all audiences, and it is hysterical. Oh, you got to check it out. It, it well, runs about seven minutes. Out. Yeah, it's one of the greatest locker room speeches of all time. This ain't hockey. It's hysterical. It's great. Uh, you leave Ball State. The Pacers draft you. It doesn't work out. So you start to carve a path. And this is this is parallel coaching trail in any sport, particularly men's college basketball and men's football. You have to pay your dues as an assistant. You serve your apprenticeship at Wisconsin for 10 years. When, when the call finally comes for a D1 job, it's back at Ball State. Mm-hmm. So you serve your alma mater for seven years. You coach the greatest player in Ball State history and Bonzi Wells, first-round pick of the Blazers. And then you finally get that chance. After 17, 18 years of grinding, mm-hmm. you, you walk through the doors in Houston and Phi Slamma Jamma and and when college basketball was breaking loose, can you put into words what that felt like to finally get to the top of the coaching pinnacle at the age of, I would guess, near 40 at the time? Well, I, I tell you, <clears throat> it was very difficult to leave my alma mater, but I felt like during that time, I mean, uh, Clyde Drexler and Akeem Lajuan, that was that was right after me, and and I enjoyed watching those teams, and they were some of the most exciting basketball teams and players in the history of college basketball. Five slamma jamma. So when when I made the decision to go there, I said, I, I mean, that's what I remembered. But when I got there, uh, it had been ten ten years before they had been in postseason play. Uh, so I didn't realize how how it had fallen. Uh, but but uh, embraced the opportunity and um, was able to uh, to go in there. In our second year, we went to the NIT. But what I left at Ball State, which was very difficult to leave, was a team that played in the Maui Classic the next year uh, that defeated UCLA, <laughs> Kansas, and lost to Duke in the championship. And I was there with the University of Houston team watching my Ball State team beat those high majors, and I'm struggling to beat Chaminade. (laughs) (laughs) You can laugh now. It wasn't funny 20 years ago. Um, And and that's really, you know, at least 
in terms of college athletics, the first time you got kicked in the nuts, first time you failed, how how tough was that on you, and how did you get through it? Well, I mean, it was uh, it was it was it was very tough because, like I said, what I left at Ball State, my alma mater, my family there, and uh, an outstanding basketball team to do great things at Houston, uh, because my mindset was to. You know, let's go. Let's go to the final. Let's, let's go t- to the final four, like they did before. Three straight final fours with uh, 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 the Cougars. Uh, but you know, I, I I believed in myself. I mean, Dan, like you just you, you started off when I came out of high school, being the MVP at a state tournament, leading my team to a state championship. Um, nobody really wanted me, so that's how I ended up at at at, at Ball State. So. You know, on that grind, just believing in myself, knowing that I was a committed coach, um, that this wasn't going to be the end. And uh, Coach Sampson called me and um, said, come up to uh, Oklahoma and help me win a Big Big 12 title. Uh, I won the tournament, but I never won a regular season, season Big 12 title. And uh, so I joined him up there and, and uh, shoot, our first year, we, we won a Big 12 title. Mm-hmm. With the, the, the coach's journey and I, I don't think this is appreciated by even avid college sports fans is is a lot a long rough road uh, graduate assistants at Pitt used to sleep in the football stadium to get their chance and then once you get a chance, you're always moving to jerkwater towns all over the country. Ron Zook took the Illinois football job, and he told me, we've had 17 different houses. And yeah, the money's good, but the lifestyle is transient, and it, it, it's hard. They earn those big contracts, but it's become too abusive when guys like Urban Meyer can become the king of a state and get country club memberships because the 120 million plus wasn't enough for King Urban. It's gone too far, but I don't begrudge coaches for the most part, the money you guys have earned because very few get to the top of the craft. Well, I haven't, I, I'm, I, <laughs> the money wasn't big when I got in it <laughs> and it's not that big for me now, but that, that's the thing. That's why I'm still going, Dan. Uh, I, mean, I mean, you asked before we got on the air, 19 years as a head coach, 300 wins, three NCAA tournaments, um, 19 years as an assistant. Uh, so I've, I've had the I've had the balance. You know, I thought I was a, a, a good head coach for for young people. And uh, I think I've been a, a, a great assistant for young people that we work with. I mean, uh you saw me in university gym and up on the deck all the time. I mean, whenever you wanted to interview, you knew where Ray was. I was in the gym movement, you know, you and uh, I'm just fortunate to still be doing that. I think you called your books props once. <laughs> saw you with your books in the car. Those are, those are props. Well, it, you know, it, it was fun to see guys from that little 7,200 gym do great things. And, you know, we, we discussed earlier the Mac in both sports wasn't what it was when a player got to the NBA, you know, he was always chasing George Gervin and Ron Harper. When he got drafted to Miami, I followed his career with excitement after seeing him play in the Mac tourney. 
wasn't always now they've got now they have their own television arrangement with ESPN during football season. You know, it's it's a different era and it's good. It's progress. And the little guy has a chance. And uh, even though it may be Tuesday and Wednesday nights, but uh, they're on. (laughs) Hey, we'll take it, right? We'll take it. I actually got back to campus in 08 when Nate Davis took the team. They were ranked, I think, as high. We were ranked. Yeah, I, yeah. I finally, finally got the degree at 44. We were ranked uh, 14th in the country. And it's like, man, we got to give Lou Holtz is in town to call a Ball State game. Wake me up, right? You still feel that way about, about alma mater? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, 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 we love uh... – ball you you know and uh got great memories that i've had some great teammates uh at, at ball state that we still stay in contact with and you know al, al gooden is one of the the uh, he's a hall of fame uh high school coach at, at lawrence central in uh in indianapolis and uh matter of fact his player uh uh kid uh, pack is going to be playing against houston uh terrific player for miami that 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 Al coached and uh, all the good John Johnny Williams. You remember Johnny? Johnny's sure. the commissioner of the Big Twelve and and uh, just just a lot of guys. Bob Alberson, you probably remember, is out in Arizona, and Rick Hampton is doing well in California, and C. E. Merle, Mike Drews. You remember Mike? I mean, it, uh-huh. it's just just C. C. Full Love, retired coach. I mean, he's just I could go on and on. You're taking me back to some great yeah. teammates. Yeah, and you know what? For just a few minutes, I make no apologies, you listeners. For all of the Muncie, Central Indiana people, you're digging this, and we're doing this for you. And and, and after race split, Dan Palambizio, uh, a Mr. Basketball winner, uh, tough guy, Purdue transfer, dirty player, elbows, and asshole. I mean, he was fun to watch, but that made it fun. And I ran into him. My wife wound up working with his wife 10-ish years ago. And he's still as fiery as ever, but he looked like he ate Jeff Furlan. I mean, he bees has got the bowling pin hips. Father time has its way with every one of us. That's, that's for sure. Ray, I want to wish you nothing but the best. It's been fun catching up. Who cuts down the nets if it's not Houston? Because I know you still have a bias. If it's not Houston, who wins the NCAA championship? I, I mean, I, you can't deny Alabama's talent and where they're playing. They're, they, I, I mean, they're they're on a mission, and uh, they have the talent. They're playing the right way. Um, I, I, I think they're playing the best in the country right now. I know that was a little bit selfish, but if if you've ever been proud of your school, whether it's high school or your college or if any of my pals who used to play professional sports might be lending an ear to this, you understand what I'm talking about. Uh, Those are relationships that neither time nor distance can change. And it is always good to reconnect for me. I don't, I'm not imposing this on you, but for me to reconnect with people when we, um, in the words of professor Lambeau from Goodwill hunting, didn't know which side of the bed to piss in. Uh, or on, uh, he was reflecting on his college years with Robin Williams. You're just finding your way in the world, and it's scary. And when you overcome some of the challenges, and we all have them, whether they are physical, whether they are our intellectual capacities, gender, 
the color of our skin, there are disadvantages in a lot of different arenas. This is a basketball player, Ray McCallum, who was 5'9". And he could jump. He could jump through the gym. He could shoot. But he's 5'9". So he had to stay at home and go to Ball State. And he was the greatest player in the school's history. And then he came back to coach them and hated leaving. He left because it was the job he should take. Everybody thinks you should take this job. It's Houston, man. Resurrect Fi Slamma Jamma. And it didn't work out. And uh, as he said, that was that was tough, especially when Ball State was still going. I had a hell of a good time doing that. Thank you for the indulgence. I don't do it too often. I am trying to prove that I can be more than Danny Pigskin. So let me go right to Austin Eckler. There is a disease that, you know, we all have a little bit of, and it, it, it's business shrewdness. It is, it is what takes away some of the greatest joys of the essence of life itself when we have to make decisions that are based only on money. This was amplified beautifully and brilliantly in the film The Big Short when Dr. Michael Burry knew the housing market was going to crash. He knew it was a fraudulent system, and he, he took a lot of money, a, lot of, a hedge fund, and invested a lot of money so people could prosper off the American economy collapsing. People lost homes. They lost jive, uh, jobs. Uh, as, as Brad Pitt's character, a former Wall Street trader who was successful, who just was fed up with the system and what it did to him, what it did to his soul, said, this is the part that is unacceptable. And, and that's, that's something that happens in, uh, in sports as well. And when you have to make decisions that are based on the bottom line, running backs, I see a circuitous way to get there, but I'm coming back to running backs being oppressed. That's what they are. Within their field, they are the most abused physically. If you don't agree with that, at least hang with me and agree that they are certainly right there with any positional group that takes the most punishment. Have you seen concussion? Do you know about chronic traumatic encephalopathy? Do you know about how the brain is engulfed by killer proteins and it suffocates a person's ability to think for himself and it causes rage and hallucinations and deep, dark depression? And that's why players in the last 20 years have been killing themselves. And, you know, Mike Webster was laughed at because he was homeless, the Steelers Hall of Fame Center, the first CTE. He is the poster boy. He was the first guy over the wall, so to speak, when Dr. Benedamalu studied his brain and found what he found subsequently in the brain of Andre Waters of the Philadelphia Eagles and in others. It is a nasty-ass sport. And running backs don't only risk their heads, they risk their knees, there are hamstrings, there are Achilles. They, they are the most exposed because, and they still take the most hits. I know they don't take the 25, hell, even 20 carries a game these days is a huge load. They still take a beating and they are discarded like they are fungible products. You know why? Because that's what they are. NFL general managers, personnel evaluators, head coaches have finally figured out we can get a guy in the second or third round. We don't have to invest a big bonus in him. And you know what? He's he's going to get bigger and stronger 
most 22-year-old dudes, 21-year-old guys are not in their man bodies yet. Let's take a flyer on this guy. And you see the David Montgomery types of the Bears. And, and look at this. One deal and he's gone. Thank you. Bye. We don't need you. They choose their livings. Correct. Does that make it fair? Because, you know, nobody's forcing him to play running back. And I open up Mike Florio's comment section today. Well, it's not his comments. Pro football talk on the Eckler story. And here come the morons. Here come the mopes. You want to, because Eckler said yesterday, he's two days ago, he's underpaid. I'm terribly underpaid. He's right. His production merits much more. He's not saying, I want to leave the Chargers. God damn the Chargers. He's saying, I want to be paid commensurate with what I have done. It's a short window. And people say, you want to know who's underpaid? Public school teachers. Yes, they are. Talk about apples when we get to apples. Right now we're on the oranges. Or should I say the plums? Because they bruise easier than oranges. Like running backs do. A product. They are very, very similar to the helmets and shoulder pads. You know, bang them up and discard them if you can't recondition them. It's it's a brutal existence. My hope in the days ahead is that something the running backs figure out some way to circumvent a system that is fucking them over. And it, it bothers me because I've seen what some of these guys look like, all positions on the field, and how it's difficult to get out of a chair when they're 40 years old. Eddie George um, the last guy in the NFL, when I met him in New Orleans a few years ago, I thought I was meeting one of the toughest SOBs. I've, he carried the ball for the Tennessee Titans more than 400 times in a season. Nobody gets to 300 now. And Eddie was a big target. 6'2 or 6'3, 220, 230, big ass behind him. I mean, it wasn't, you, he couldn't hide on the football field. And he didn't get the taste of the money that's out there today. And he was he was a graceful yet powerful player. Powerful. I, I get emotional about it because I know what people put into it. And I, I think if it, it's an unfair game for the running backs. And we need a running backs union. We need somebody. We need the Jimmy Hoffa to stand up and strike a blow for the working man of the NFL roster, the running back. Kicked to the curb guy, one and done contract guy, DeMarco Murray of the Cowboys. He's the leading rusher in the NFL, and they don't bring him back for his, his option year on his rookie contract. Get out of here. We ran a week, 1,800 yards, 340 carries, whatever it was. Uh, go ahead. See what Philadelphia can do with you. We're going to find fresh meat, as they have again with Tony Pollard whose skill level exceeds that of Ezekiel Elliott. One of the reasons why is because of the beating Elliott's taken. All right. Um, There will be more on that in the days ahead. That felt good. Um, There will be more uh, on this story and others in the days ahead. Days ahead. I want to mention that I felt I redeemed myself for something today. I used to say, I'm no good in world geography because I like to play Jeopardy to prove how 
smart I am on a few little bitty things and how stupid I am on a lot of things. Give me college nicknames. Give me orthopedics. I can do what? Dem bones, I think, is the category. What is the scaphoid? I got it. Because I don't have a scaphoid. It's been decomposed in my left wrist. Did you know the left wrist has very few bones? It does. What is the brachial plexus? That's neurology, but that's a nerve network that connects the signals in your brain to all the muscles in your arm and fingers. Um, I can do North American geography, and I've been laughed at for that. And I'm thinking, okay, tell me the states that touch the Grand Canyon. Tell me the five states that border this, blah, blah. And and people realize it's not as dumb of a statement as they thought. Case in point, two smart people today were on Good Morning Football. Jamie Erdahl, the host, who is a Minnesota native, and Tom Pelissero, who's who's a fun correspondent. I enjoy Tom's work. He also, I didn't know he was from Minnesota. I read about Jamie when she succeeded Kay Adams on the show about her SEC background, college sidelines. I wanted to know a little bit about her. I've been a fan of that show since the day they they put the ball in the air. So they are talking. The trivia question is for Minnesota. It was Minnesota Day today on GMFB, and they they asked two Minnesota people Minnesota questions, and one of them is which of these three Ontario provinces do not touch Minnesota. And I'm thinking, that's too easy. I know I go there a lot. But they are from Minnesota. Entry into what they call Northwest Ontario, but it it really isn't. It's It's more... West, but central. It's not that far north. It's, it's, I would call it, I don't know, West Central Ontario. They call it Northwest. It's really not that north unless you look way at the other side of the country because Ontario covers half the God, more than half the damn country. It is large. It is landmass. It makes, it makes Alaska look like Rhode Island. Uh, it's big. This Ontario we speak. I don't think it's that much bigger, but anyway. Now I'm probably dooming myself by screwing that up, but I don't think so. Nonetheless, Ontario touches Minnesota through International Falls. And what is to the west of Ontario? The shortest drive from my cottage, my cabin, university, is Winnipeg. Don't you think Winnipeg before you think other if you're NHL fan, don't you never? I mean, I can't believe somebody never had the thought. Where exactly is Edmonton? Where's Alberta? The answers are obvious. Saskatchewan was the obvious answer, and neither of them got it. Ladies and gentlemen, I put my money on me when the category next is North American geography. I put my money on me. To take the daily double and kick your ass as long as we don't get literature or music after 1984 is the category. Thank you for listening. Adam Delavitt is the big boss man at Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Sam Michael is my producer. Thank you to Ray McCallum for joining me today. I'm Dan McNeil, back for more NCAA buckets and more of a 
of a solidarity message for running backs in the upcoming days. Right now, I'm Taillights. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider.